Guys, this is part two of the episode. If you haven't heard part one yet, what are you doing here? Click on that and listen, and then come back here. For the rest of you, here's part two. So, how did you go for... Are you an independent artist? I am, 100%. Okay, 100%. So... Who? How is that for you? Okay, how does how is that for you? And have you had any? Have you had anyone try to approach mm-hmm. you from a label? Okay. Yeah, even like going as far back as when I was like in high school, mm-hmm. I must have been like 17. Uh, there was like a local label that I was talking to at the time, and mm-hmm. I just felt like um, there's positives and negatives to sign in with a label. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you'll have a lot more exposure. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you lose your um, like artistic freedom to a certain extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times they'll tell you, uh, do this or rap about this or dress this way. Mm. And it's like, I'd rather just have the freedom of being myself and telling my story the way I want to tell it. Yeah. And struggling a little bit to get out there. But at least once I get those, that, that audience, when I gain a fan, they'll be genuinely a fan of mine. They respect what I do. Yeah. You know? So who's the biggest producer that you've worked with? Uh, I work with a lot of uh, independent producers. I work with a lot of uh, people from all over the world. Um, I work with uh, this. Uh, there's a producer who produced for Tech Nine. Oh wow! Tech Nine is from Kansas City, so yeah. he's like the biggest artist that made it out of my city. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his producers, uh, he sent me a few beats before. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so have you supported anyone huge, or is it or? Like you just stick to other independent artists. No, no, I'm I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded. As long as you're genuine, you're you're truthful, yeah. and I enjoy the music. Um, I'm I'm open-minded. I'm not mm. I'm not into this whole uh, underground versus mainstream type no. of thing. No, 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 of course not. No. Um. So how have you been able to like, how, how what was it like getting signed during the pandemic? Oh, Basically. getting signed. Uh, for m- it was amazing. But at the same time, I think Vauxhall was my first gig with... Uh, with UTC? Yeah, wow. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was at the beginning, wasn't it, of the pandemic, Mitch? Was that uh, the beginning? Uh, probably like a year ago. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember. It was... Uh, it, well, maybe it was in the gap. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. It was in the gap where where we were a lot. Was it November or no? Yeah. No, yeah. November. It was before November. Was it before November? Because it was before we went to the US. Oh, was it? It must have been like... June or July. Mm. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. But it was it was ama- it was great that I was signed, yeah. but I was restricted to what I can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I was starting to do well, but obviously UTC, big up UTC. Um, it's such an amazing um, agency. I've got an amazing manager and she we kind of Kate yeah yeah Kate Kate, Kate. and um, we've become really good friends so she knows me now and she knows where I'll fit Mm. so she puts me in all the uh, right places but yeah it's been it's literally when it was doing this and then after UTC it went yeah so it's sick that's sweet so what kind of steps do you have to take to get signed to an agency um so Big up Toussaint Douglas and big up Tez Ilias. I gigged with Tez uh, um, in Manchester. Yeah. And he asked me to open for him in Blackburn. Okay. And he put in a word for me. 
and me and Toussaint were at the Frog and Bucket um, finals. Oh, and that's wow. where I met Toussaint. Wow. And he got signed before me. Mm. And he put in a word for me. So then Kate messaged me and she was like, can we organize a meeting? She was like, I've had Tess saying good things about you and I've had Toussaint saying good things about you and they're both, you know, signed. So I want to see what you're all about. So it's just a matter of like gigging with different people and getting feedback. But I was gigging a lot. Yeah. Like four or five times a week. I was gigging, 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 Mm. traveling everywhere. Like I was in Manchester. I'd come to London. I'd go to Yorkshire. I'd go to... Oh, my geography's so limited. Norwich? Yeah. No, I've never been to Norwich. Really? No, Norwich. <laughs> um, but I would just go everywhere and I didn't care. Um, and if I knew there was someone really good on that would give me a good opportunity, I would travel like an hour and 45 minutes, two yeah. hours, just mm-hmm. to perform with them. And at the end of the day, it was worth it. Well, so. The thing is, you've got to. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's the same in music as mm-hmm. well. Like, It's one of those things where if you're just staying in your, in your, in your region, you're yeah. just not going to meet different you're not going to meet the right people you have to get out of your comfort zone exactly and that's not just like me and the right not just me and the comedians or the musicians that can you think can help you it's actually understanding how different people in the country think and Mm -hmm. feel and that's that's more that's important mainly for personal growth more than anything yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100% how how do you think that your music has helped you grow as a person well I feel like a lot of things that go on in life around me um, it's reflected in my music. Mm. So I take inspiration from just real life events. Um, and it helps me, it helps me grow as a person because I could release those feelings instead of bottling them up. Yeah. Uh, for example, like, I don't know if you're familiar, but a couple of years ago, there's a big uprising in Sudan. Yeah. It was a revolution yeah. overthrew a 30 year dictatorship. Good for them. And I was making songs about that. Nice. And, uh, you know, just to like see people, be inspired by the songs that i make and they use them while they're out protesting yeah or they're listening to them as they're protesting it's like wow you know there's you can actually make music and the words that you write and you rap about it's connecting with people mm. on a, in a different continent do you think you'd have been able to re- release those kind of songs if you're assigned to a major uh i don't know i can't i i, I don't know to be honest i'm leaning on the no okay. side because uh, obviously a lot of major labels don't want you to get involved in politics and controversy. Unless it's, unless it's profitable to them. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's harmful to you or not, if they can make money out of it, mm. they'll they'll support it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would have. No. I don't think I would have. Or maybe they would have really um, pers- uh, swayed me one way or another. Like to, mm-hmm. I would have been able. I would have had to cut back on some of the things that I said. Yeah. Because I'm very upfront. Good. With, with my music so that's good yeah. that's good i wish more artists were like that yeah. and not when it was not only when it's just a financially right financial right way. where do you think the comedy scene is going to be going like now that we're in this weird interim place i think that the comedy world is going to go more mm. So a lot of people are saying, oh, it's becoming more um, multicultural, the comedy mm. world. And I think it's because America is very multicultural. And let's be honest, like a lot of people watch American comedy yeah. more than they watch British comedy. And I was speaking to someone about this, a, a comedian, and he said, um, and it, it, I, I think it makes 100% sense that people around the world can relate to American comedians. So, you know, you've got your black comedians, you've got your Asian comedians, people like 
uh, the Asian company like Russell Peters. Russell Peters mm. is Canadian, fine. Americans can um, relate to him. Indians can relate to him. People from immigrant backgrounds can relate to mm-hmm. him. So you've got the whole world being able to relate to one person. And that applies to a lot of comedians in America. Whereas before, it became more multicultural, like British comedians. Like, Ram, you didn't know any British um, comedians. Like, uh, put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. now you know two. Yeah. But but he, he, he you, we've watched it like there's some people true, like yeah. and he was like, I don't find this funny because it's British humour mm. that Americans, even Americans don't get. Um, so uh, that's why I think a lot of British comedians don't make it into America. There's not many that do. And mm. um, it's because no one can relate to them. Yeah. So um, I think we're going to go start going down the road of looking for comedians that not only are doing fantastic in Britain but can appeal is it internationally yeah. internationally as well That's and just to add on that it's not like I didn't find it f- not funny mm. I feel like now that I've been here for a little bit and I'm understanding the culture more now I get it I yeah. get the jokes so it's not that they're not British humor is not funny it's I feel like British comedy is not as global as American comedy yeah. so I feel like more people um, understand American culture mm. and they understand oh this is funny let's laugh at mm. this whereas uh, maybe British comedians are more uh, like cut off from they're not as global as Americans are so not a lot of people understand British humor yeah so it's not that it's not funny it's that I don't think a lot of people really get it, it no he doesn't find it funny <laughs> no. he doesn't Listen. find it funny there's a lot of things that I show him and he's just like what the hell? I find it hilarious <laughs> but then there's a lot of stuff that he finds funny I find a lot of American TV like really cringe. Like mm-hmm. I find it really cringy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like he'll see something and he'll be like, oh. So yeah. Just, One debate we always get into is uh, the British office versus the American office. Oh, okay. It, it's all about the British office. It, nah. The, the, the American no, 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 no. is just so oh. extra. The American oh. office is so one extra. of the best shows. So extra. I I would say I love the British office. I do love the British office, I are do. Gonna sneak, are you going to snake it? Here's what I'm going to say about it, right? I, I get that the, I, I get this is kind of like sacrilege, but because I think there was more of the US office, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say I prefer it, but it definitely has solidified its place in the comedy, in, in, in the com, in comedy history. Obviously, it's because of the first two seasons, which is basically a copy of the, 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 British. US, um, the UK one. Yeah. Um, I feel like Mitch has got something to say. Yeah, I'm going to say yeah. the, the US office shits all over the UK one. Let's be <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. It's kind of like, like, it's like football, isn't it? You know, uh, the English invented it, but now Brazil are much, much better. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's just too much. It's just too, they're just too, like, it's too much. Like, I feel the British one is just so... It's a bit more subtle, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I know what you mean, yeah. but like it's. I, I love it. I, I love but the, the, the American yeah. office, okay. the American office, really blew up and became like just pop culture when it went away from That's trying why, to be a yeah. copy of the British it wasn't, office. And the thing is, it wasn't trying to be a copy. It was, it was literally copying yeah. the exact same script for the first two for the first Because Ricky Gervais was writing 
Oh, I love the first couple movie. seasons, wasn't he? He was. Well, they just took the script that he had for The Office, yeah. and they and they just transferred it over to America, yeah. like with a couple of different with a couple of different. They've tried to do it with uh, In Betweeners. Oh God! Don't remind me of that. Just, <laughs> the In Betweeners cannot no. ever be Americanized. No, no, no. no. Well, they try. Well, they they fucking tried. Yeah, they really tried. Miserably. I, I don't think I don't think those things I? would ever work with anything, and until you make him your own. Mm. Hmm. I don't think you can just replace characters and change your accent, and and it'll be successful. <laughs> I don't, you didn't like the. You didn't like the <laughs> I think they tried to do a people just do nothing as well. Really? Yeah, I was. Uh, oh I, no. I got into a weird YouTube like uh, sort of just spin cycle, and it came up with uh, this guy who who's found out all about it and it was it, there were edm djs instead of garage djs and mm -hmm. it was it was short-lived it was wow. about i think they were in in reno or nevada or, or something like that and uh it didn't take off but um no. they did a gavin and they did gavin and stacy as well at really? one point yeah in america yeah 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 it had um it had a good cast in it though as well it had um what's his name jason ritter it had um the mom from malcolm in the middle as oh, yeah. as um as pam and it had a good cast, but it's just one of those things where. What was it, it called? Trey and Brittany? No, it was. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't fucking remember. You know, she, she, she thinks all Americans have a southern accent. <laughs> like I'm not from Alabama. They <laughs> <laughs> all sound the same to me. Oh, but yeah, it's, I, I do kind of, to bring back, like, I do agree that the British office was. It was a staple, but. For at least up until about season six or seven, mm -hmm. I think the American office really did solidify itself. Yeah, I think it's okay to respect both. Yeah, they're both unique in their own way. That's it. Yeah. That's I love. <laughs> Look it. at I, the yeah. eyes. On, oh, she's living it. <laughs> I'm actually so angry. Stewing. Stewing. You know what? <laughs> the thing is, she, she never gave the office a chance. The American one. Are the office like they're both good? Like you know, do you got to? I wa I started watching the American one, but it was just too. Out but the did you, watch, okay, did you, did you watch it count. from the like? Did you watch it from the first series? Uh, I don't know. I think you started watching the first season, but that doesn't count. No, because that's literally a copy yeah. of the first. Of Dwight as a character is just is the best. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's it's yeah. You have to watch from like as third season. As hypocritical as it sounds, I judge a book by its. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a book. Yeah. It's, a, it's a TV yeah. series. That's like. where you've been going wrong yeah, all this time. Crazy office. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. fucking joyful. I love it. That was, joyful. That was. It really was. Um, so, how has your comedy? How how have you grown since you started? Like, um. Set-wise, material-wise. Um, I do you know what I look back because uh, one of my friends filmed my first set and I thought. Are they a comic as well? Or, no. or did you just drag? Oh, you dragged someone along to your no, first set. Yeah, she just she just came along. And oh, it, are they? Are you still friends now? No. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a friend during my uh, during wedding time. Uh, I was literally the bridezilla of bridezillaville. So, um, no, we don't talk anymore. Not that it matters. Don't really care. But um. She recorded the set, and the set was so whack. It was so whack. And the thing is, like, now I'm getting, you know, you have comedians who are black talking about blackness. Nothing wrong with that. That's cool. It's part of their identity. Mm. you got got um, 
Muslims comics talking about Islam and you got this and that which is fine because that's part of your experience yeah but I I, I was too much I was literally too much like just talking and it wasn't me it was what I thought people wanted to hear yeah that's how I started off I started off like that but now I actually talk about what I want to talk about and if you laugh you laugh if you don't laugh then but people are laughing Mm. I hope so um, that I think that that transition was the biggest saying what I think people want to hear compared to what I want to say and Mm. doing it in a way that other people can enjoy it what did you think people wanted to hear from you Oh, I belong in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, I'm oppressed. Oh, I had an arranged marriage. I was forced to wear a hijab. That's what they want to hear. That's what I thought they wanted to hear. Oh, I'm brown, night, eat curry. Oh, you know, this is what they want to hear. So I love it. I thought. <laughs> well, there you go. Like, that, I've made a two-minute yeah. set. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the trailer for the net. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to have every fucking Muslim like, right. why are they talking about us like this? I'm going to have the Muslim police on my back so you think they wanted you to be you thought they'd want you to be a caricature of yourself of what of yeah just the stereotype. Just fit the stereotype. stereotype yeah. box that's what i thought because yeah. watching a lot of comedians mm-hmm. from similar backgrounds to me that's what they were doing yeah um not necessarily on mainstream but like in the open mic there was one um comedian who note this was an absolute bell end and he he used to um he was a muslim and he was asian and he would took every stereotype thing but if you want to do that that's fine that's cool but what i hated was that he created other stereotypes about muslim women talk about muslim men knock yourself out but don't put things on us like he would make comments like um for example this one really pissed me off he made a comment about the reason um women wear burqas is not for religious purposes it's because they have mustaches and they can't be bothered to shave it off so they'd cover their faces instead and i was just like what the hell about number one it's not funny it was a little bit funny but, uh, <laughs> but like, now every time like these people because it was predominantly like a white british audience i know for a fact that every time they work they walk past someone with a burqa on they're going to be thinking how big a mustache yeah and we're and, always wearing face masks now so everyone's yeah, everyone's <laughs> yeah do you know what i mean but like that, that, that's one thing i didn't like for people to have reasons to make fun like we are trying to take you know all these kind of like um am i boring you no he's heard this shit before uh, yeah i hear this all the time so. um but yeah we're trying to um represent ourselves as like you know we're we are normal people mm. and you know we want to you know oh, what's that fucking word to um, integrate integrate thank you you said that Mooch. thank you mate. <laughs> we want to integrate into society just like everybody else but for someone to start creating more stereotypes and more reasons for people mm. to say stuff about us i just really really dislike that yeah mm-hmm. is that guy still gigging now or oh well i haven't heard his name anyway. <laughs> <Aye>. <laughs> shut him out before shut him out no no, no. chortle did do a report uh, you don't mention any names with me where Chortle were there and Chortle uh, was it I Bennett, was, you. Was, Bennett, was Bennett was it Bennett reviewing it I have no idea okay. but what I loved and I was just like <laughs> he was like this guy literally just ticked every stereotype box and I was like that's what I've been saying <laughs> that's what I've been saying and so, if and if um, I've, I'm guessing I, I don't know this for a fact Steve but <laughs> um, 
I'm thinking that almost all of the writers for Patrol are white. Yeah. So if white people are noticing that, that's kind of an issue, is it not? Well, they didn't say it about me, <laughs> so I don't care. They said I was good. They yeah. did. So um, rightfully so. They right. did. So, they did something right, didn't they? <laughs> so do you think that um, how has doing is I'm trying to I'm trying to word this as sensitive mm-hmm. as possible. Um, has there been any pushback with you doing music with your cultural background and your religion? Um, yeah. Okay. But my fa- my family were supportive. Cool. My my parents were. I didn't grow up in a very strict household. Um, they were more strict, um, like culturally. Yeah. Like, like they they really pushed being Sudanese on me, but religiously. Um, they weren't very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, they were practicing, but they weren't overly strict. Okay. So when I first started making music, it was actually my father would take me to the studio. Mm. What? Like as a kid, he would actually wow. take me to the studio. He would, I would make these little, you know, back in the day we burnt CDs. Yeah. And he would take the CDs and hand them out to people and say, this is my son. Aww. So was, they were very supportive of me. But at the same time, they were afraid of like failure. They were like, this is just a hobby. Yeah. You need to... Get your education so you can have a real job. Well, that's a smart thing. You know what I mean? Every good parent should be saying that. Yeah, they didn't see it as a career. Mm. They thought it was just a phase. Mm. But but they were very supportive. Now the the pushback would come from other people from my culture and uh, religious background, but not necessarily family. Just Mm. people out there, just audience that would, uh, for some reason or another, think that I'm doing I'm saying things that. I shouldn't be saying. Nah. Yeah. Well, you're just being you, isn't it? At the, at the end of the day. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, that's right. That's be, stuff like that, he's the F word. That's what they didn't want him to do. <laughs> yeah, but who cares? They, I, I really don't care. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm making music. People love it. There's a lot more love than there is hate at the end of the day, and that's yeah. all I care about. That's it, man. Yeah. Do you both? Like, it's just so cool to see two couples with very, like, well, from, very, from two different creative industries, but come together like actually come yeah. together and like do something like and i feel like we're kind of different from each other too oh definitely <laughs> you know what i mean how so let's do, like this is <laughs> well i think i think before i speak let's just, <laughs> let's just say that <laughs> is that true or not uh i, I say whatever i say i say it with good intention so yeah. even if it comes out wrong i know what i mean yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah. that's really sweet so keenan and cal <laughs> Keenan and Kel. Keenan and Kel, because that's what we came in to talk about. So, um, did you guys watch all that by any chance? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I loved Keenan and Kel. That's um, they. It's weird to think. It's weird to think that that all started from just a massive sketch, a massive ske- um, a massive sketch show with like mm-hmm. well at least well, at least about fifty cast members, mm-hmm. and Keenan Thompson, Kel Mitchell, and mm-hmm. Amanda Bynes were like the only. Three. Nick Cannon. Oh shit! Nick Cannon yeah. started on there too. How can how can we forget about that? Because he's like the head yeah. of um, he's the head of the Nickelodeon Teen Division at the moment. Yeah. Or at least he was. Yeah. Wasn't he taken off? Wasn't he cancelled and taken off? Or no, he wasn't cancelled. That was um. Dan... That was his show. Uh, oh, that was a uh, Wild and Out. Wild, yeah. Wild and Out was cancelled. Wild yeah. and Out was cancelled, but Dan... they, but they brought it back now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, well, then now it's back. Even, yeah. even uh, like back. Drake and Josh and mm. so many people that went on to become stars. Drake and, no, Drake and Josh were on the Amanda, Amanda show. Amanda show. the Amanda yeah. show, with, which was from Amanda Bynes from all that. So all these different spinoffs basically started from yeah. all that. Yeah, uh, so the man we kind of have to thank for that was um, Brian Robbins. And to, and I'm going to say this massively, to a much lesser extent, because the man is reportedly an absolute dickhead, Dan Schneider. Mm. Um so, that name rings a bell. Why does that name ring a bell? Like, Dan just Schneider. do. It's not Rob Schneider. It's, yeah. it, it, you might be thinking of Rob Schneider, but Dan Schneider is oh. um, was just he's a he's a TV ch- children's TV mogul, but has yeah. also got some rather wild allegations. Yeah, here. yeah, like it's like you can go down a Dan. I've I've been down the Dan Schneider rabbit hole and on YouTube and um, into feet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Yeah. And has he been me tooed? Well, he <laughs> he hasn't been me he hasn't been me tooed, but he quietly left Nickelodeon a couple Uh-oh. of years ago. Okay. So um, we're gonna leave that on yeah. the table. Yeah. And if whoever wants to pick that up, <laughs> can yeah. right. touch that one. Go on, kid. Come on. No, no, no. I, I don't think. Uh, well, I I don't know. But all I've seen is YouTube videos about it. So it's it's hardly. Uh, Worth repeating or worth uh, no. sort of. Uh, I think we can imagine saying with my chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is this but, a British person? No, he's no, no, American. No, no. He's the one that created. Well, he co-created all that. Keenan Kel, Drake and Josh, Amanda Show, um, Nick Cannon Show. I think. Yeah, well. he did Apologies. that. He's also done um, the like iCarly, and he was he was like the go-to guy for Nickelodeon mm-hmm. at a time. Mm-hmm. But now. Not so much. No. Rightfully so, some might say. <laughs> but if you if you do look at some if you do look at the like I know we're going off on a massive tangent, but like if you do look at some of the videos and so um and you and you look and see some of the allegations, you're just like yeah, that is I don't know if that's true, but it is a bit coincidental. It's a lot say. of weird coincidences. Yeah, it's a lot of weird stuff. But yeah. it's because it's kids TV. It's yeah. kind of they do weird stuff. Yeah, you know I mean. So it's uh, it's a lot of people looking into it. Must be tough being a child star. Mm. Yeah, um, Jeanette McCurdy, who was on iCarly, she's got a really good podcast at the moment. Which one? Jeanette McCurdy. Is, what, it's called uh, iCarly's Friend. Uh, yeah. The... So Sam. Sam. Yeah. Sam yeah. Mark, she's got a really good podcast at the moment, all about mental health and how she hated being on those kind of shows for a lo- for loads of different reasons. And she doesn't obviously name names, but. Mm-hmm. She does talk about producers who were abusive to her, and uh, and yeah. So back on back to Keenan and Kel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Keep it light, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was completely my fault. Sorry, I did. I I work in. I do some mental health kind of work, mm-hmm. and I've done psychology and that kind of stuff. So yeah, oh, that's nice. that's just interesting to me. It is interesting. Mm. But yeah, back to Keenan and Kel. Who uh, put the screw in the tuna? <laughs> Who? Oh, I love that episode. Yeah, love it, love it. Honestly. Oh. Who did put the screw in the tuna? It was, it was, was um, it was Kel. Oh, Keenan. Oh, I don't Kel. know. I, I actually don't know which one is which. From I remember the show, but I can't remember which character okay. was called which. Okay, Keenan, Keenan is, is Ke- Keenan Thompson. The thin one did it. Yeah, Kel. Kel. Kel did it. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I was waiting for somebody else to say it. Is Kel doing anything nowadays? Kel is a minister, and he's also co-produced and he's also producing the revamped version of all that. 
Oh wow. I, I see Keenan all over the place. I can't believe how much you know about this. Dude, I, yeah, I, I, I well, like, it's just like he's just like IMDB for Ooh, like. Yeah. I, do you know what I mean? When he said, "Oh, what do you like?" I was like Keenan and Cal, but I didn't know any of this backstory. I don't even know who wrote it. Like, said Fresh Prince. I, I did, but it was taken. Uh, I, here's the thing. I don't know much, but what I do know about, I know a lot about yeah. it. Yeah. And so that's why I kind of decided sitcoms would be the USB for this. I know pretty much everything there is to know about it yeah not to brag i go on a lot nice. i don't go on a lot of dates but <laughs> you, know. is it, you don't want to play this guy in trivia no no <laughs> oh, no, no, no 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 trivia is like um any as long as it's not um you can probably beat me as long as it's nothing to do if it's nothing to do with tv or music yeah. or films you'll probably beat the crap okay. but watch out watch out if it does come up um yeah is that the game we play with my dad. Trivial Pursuit. Sorry. I think is it the same thing or? Trivia. I don't know, but I'm always stuck with my dad, and my dad has no idea <laughs> about anything. Uh, yeah. So, oh. Keenan and Cal. Keenan and Cal. Uh, <laughs> the orange sodas. The orange sodas. Um, also, one of the catchiest theme songs ever ever made. You're not going to make me sing it, No, are you? God, no. Jesus, no. No, 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 no. I, I mean... I'm I could bring it up on the screen if we want. Can we? Yeah. Can we, yeah. You give me a second. You chat amongst yourselves for... Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really took... It really took a long time for me to actually realise that that was Coolio during, like, during his big years. That sang the song. Yes. Right? Uh, I was today years old when I found that out. Really? I literally had no idea. But yeah, Mr. Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. It's the theme tune, Miss, Keenan yeah, Hell. yeah. But he's the guy at the beginning. He's like, oh, homeboys are homegirls. Time for Keenan and Kale. People laughing in the afternoon. I should have chosen it. I obviously don't know enough about Keenan and Kale. It sings all these theme songs. Yeah. Yeah, because um, what's his name? Uh, you know, Arthur. Yeah. That's um, uh, Ziggy, Marley. Marley. Ziggy Marley. Ziggy Marley. Really? Yeah. On Arthur, get, yeah. Every day's a school day. This yeah. is uh, Ziggy Marley yeah. and uh, his band. They they, sing they did song. the theme tune to Arthur. <laughs> there it is. Oh. Here it goes. Yeah. Will this get us pulled off YouTube? Yep, probably. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'll just bring it. Nice. Oh, I love this show. So 90s, isn't it? It is proper. <laughs> like, Coolio does not get enough, like, credit, credit for, for anything. Yeah. I'm sure he's still getting paid for I was it, though. I'm going to say, I'm basically getting paid from this. We're paying him right now by playing it. <laughs> I'll bring it down. Uh, no. I I do remember that now. and I had When you said it, it's about the catcher's theme tune, I uh, didn't know what the hell you were talking about. I was like, I don't remember the theme tune at all. <laughs> but now. But yeah, now, I, it's when he's in this like little golden, like in the little globe thing that it... Um, it's brought back some memories. <laughs> like... That I really do miss that kind of vibe, that kind of sitcom though, like mm -hmm. the live studio. I love the live studio audience aspect of it. Yeah. And I love the whole. They actually go out at the beginning of every every episode and they warm up the crowd themselves. Yes. That was innovative because I can't think of. A they don't novel. do that anymore, do they? They I don't think they do. Well, they do the live studio. They do the live shows in front of a live audience, like the likes of like Chuck Lorre's made his yeah. career out of doing it. Like two and a half men, mom, and all those. Kind no, of but like new, newer sitcoms, do they just shoot them like 
wherever at a location and they just play a laughing track over it now or no a lot of them still do the okay. um live studio audience nice. like uh big bang theory used to um, did it um is my uh, wife and kids them on the light is that that was i believe that was on a sound i believe that was a light i think that was a laugh track i believe okay. from what i saw the behind the scenes kind of stuff but Mm-mm-mm. yeah i do love the live studio audience thing and it was i can't think of another i can't think of another sitcom who actually did that as they're in the warm-up stuff as their intro no i don't oh, know yeah. any either yeah. no. i don't know any either i just love like it's like um like a family kind of mm. not a family show but you know you've got the mum you've got the dad and it, sh- it it kind of it shows um like a, a like a black family and yeah like the closeness because i know that they've been talking a lot in the uk about wanting to have like a kind of keenan and kel fresh prince kind of style show but um mm-hmm. mm. we used to have such like it, i grew up on goodness gracious me yeah uh, desmond's yeah um, so the desmond was the one that was mentioned yeah, yeah. um oh god what was the other one um the 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 real mccoy yes um and um the they lost the tapes, I thought, for the real McCoy, and then they found them years later, which is just crazy. Yeah, and now that it's all an iPlayer now, isn't it? Yeah, but like they were, they were great. I mean, the goodness gracious me, um, uh, going out for an English is just classic, mm-hmm. absolute mm-hmm. classics. Goodness gracious me was really good. We used to watch it in our time, and I think it's because it was the first, um, like. Brown family. Yeah, yeah. No, that was and, that was the Kumars at number forty-two. That was um, goodness gracious. Didn't come after. Goodness gracious me was the sketch show. Yeah, yeah. it's a sketch show. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think she meant as like, you know, as a like watch it as a brown family or Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. I thought you meant depicted uh, depicted um, Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I, brown family. No? I thought it, I didn't I didn't realize I didn't watch I didn't, I didn't watch it, it might be it might be, well, I'm a bit older than everyone. Here. <laughs> no, happy birthday by the way. Um but like okay that was then but now is is do you do you feel there's any family um based I don't really watch it. I don't watch TV as much now. That's yeah. the thing for me. Like if if there's I just I, if there's something on TV unless one of my mates or we know you know one of our colleagues or something is in it very rarely give up. <laughs> yeah, people watching TV less, but back back to Keenan Cow, that's something that people wanted yeah. to watch. Yeah, it was yeah. fun was to huge. watch. But I feel like now there's there's nothing that will after Fresh Prince and Keenan Cow mm. and all that. There's nothing that can. There's definitely that was years ago, and there was nothing that's really been in there. Like, yeah, like TV that's like that anymore. That what, what do you why do you think why do you think people um, really connected with those shows? I think it just kind of hit at a time where um, you were allowed to say some naughty and risque things on kids t- on kids TV that maybe mm-hmm. your parents would and your parents would not you probably parents probably wouldn't want you yeah. to say but they could get away with it and it was just at a time like in the 90s where um, they were took more risks yeah that's mm-hmm. the one that's the thing they took they were allowed to take more risks and you see all these kids who were um well for my for me i was about 10 when i was when i started watching it so they were about what 15 years older than me but they were still acting mm-hmm. like children mm-hmm. and it just was physical comedy and it was it was something for the whole family and i think yeah. that's that's a key thing i think that's something that's really missing at the moment i agree do you think competition is missing Competition, what do you mean? Well, back then, for example, like, 
there was a lot of different maybe channels mm. and uh, Nickelodeon versus uh, Disney or Nickelodeon versus mm. Cartoon Network or whatever it may be. And when there's competition, mm. you're willing to take risks. Yeah, um, I think I think um, we're in an age at the moment where commissioners are a little bit more scared. Yeah. Yeah. To say certain thing. To yeah. say certain things. That's true. Um, and to commission certain things. I yes. think it's, there's also there is competition, but it's not from other TV channels. It's just people are on Streaming Instagram services. or doing YouTube yeah. or you know mm. there's 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 competition which is a lot lower budget. Mm. Yeah. And the the amount of money it costs to put on mm. uh, a TV show mm-hmm. sitcom compared to other sort of you know reality TV show. Mm. It's insane. I think they're worried that they won't make them the money back from it. Yeah. And that's why there's a lot of there's been a lot of shows recently I've noticed pilots, pilots, pilots. But it's like okay, well, nothing's, nothing's come out. From the, it. the pilots there, but they, there's never what's the next kind of thing. And um, I think yeah, I think loads of people are just going to YouTube. Anyone can mm-hmm. make something on YouTube and put it on. And like there's that's one positive is it gave a rise to independent filmmakers. Yes, yeah. I agree. Because yeah. if you're not being picked up by a TV channel or not being picked up by Netflix for whatever reason, just throw it up on YouTube yeah. or on Vimeo. And well, that's the thing. TV is very much behind in the times yeah. at this yeah. point. They have and they still haven't cracked how to bridge the gap between the internet and the Instagram sensations yeah. and the t- and the medium that they want to produce. Right. I mean, um, I'd say that we're getting. To go to kind of bring it back a little bit to what we're seeing at the moment, like with the types of families that are, um, the types of sitcoms we're getting, we're getting a lot of imports. Like Netflix at the moment has got the Jamie Fox, the new Jamie Fox sitcom where with his, him and where he plays a, plays a dad, and they've got the new um, Mike Epps sitcom with him and Wanda Sykes. So we're getting a lot of imports. Yeah. But yeah, British homegrown stuff. I. I can't remember other than other than like you said, Mooch, um, Desmond's or goodness gracious me. There's... I can't think of any. I actually can't. Don't know any. But that's why we can reminisce about this show. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, um, who's your favourite character out of the two of them? I liked Kel. <laughs> I think most people like Kel. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan was cuter. Not attractive, can't I? <laughs> 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 but, uh, he was just like he you know um but Kel is because he's uh like he's how weird he's yeah. silly mm-hmm. um under, the, my favorite episode was the one where uh was it Kel or Keenan had a cold yeah and then they made like a concoction out of like so much random stuff and then it cured the cold cured his cold and then he thought he was going to get like a Nobel Prize. <laughs> and then he tried to remake it and it knocked him out or something. It's just yeah. like thinking back, I was, I'm like, I'm talking about this. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But back, but back then, like, it's something, like you said, everyone can enjoy it. Yeah. Like back then, my mum hardly spoke any English, but she still found it. Like she still enjoyed it and Be- stuff like that. Because it was so physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, like these kind of shows, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince. Mum, you know Mum, she doesn't even like TV, mm. but she would watch Fresh Prince and she watch, would watch Kin and Kel. Mm. And that's something that I've, you know, like I've, I've said to, um, you know, like TV producers, stuff like that. I was like, you shouldn't be so much focused on what, you know, necessarily people who are raised here and this and that would watch. You need to have something on TV mm. that 
people from immigrant backgrounds can watch people who maybe don't even like speak english or understand it too well could mm-hmm. go and watch these things you, you, there's nothing like universal to everybody kind of out there anymore mm. and um but yeah kin and cow but even in one show like you you have one tv show that would have a variety of different characters that m- people can relate to yeah you know what i mean it's not just it's not just they're not just all just painted with one brush. No. Mm-mm-mm. And that was a beautiful thing about Keenan and Kel, because like you had the two mains. Yeah. But the side characters who were reacting to the things that they do mm-hmm. were equally as funny and equally as important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you had Roger, who was the dad. The dad. You had um what's her name as the white I can't remember. The, I, I can't forgive, remember her name. Forgive me. It's been, forgive so, me. Long. If it's she, been so long. Yeah. I'm sure she's watching and listening to this somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Forgive and, me. And then you had the annoying sister. Kyra. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, Chris, the shop, uh, the, sh- the, uh, the shop their, their owner. Boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those were the yeah. like, principal. Those yeah. were the principal um, supporting characters. Yeah. And they were all given their time to shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a really important. I think that's also a really important factor in making a good show. Mm-hmm. And they managed to crack that. With no matter what your thoughts are on the produ- on the producers or the writers, right. they they were they were able to crack that formula mm. mm-hmm. and that's talent yeah i think so i think so too yeah. uh, how would you remake it if you had to if a, if a nickelodeon came to you today and just said right you have to remake this and we'll give you this bunch of money and you have no choice but to do it how would you do it uh i feel like i would include like modern day issues mm-hmm. i mean that's a given obviously so but... not being able to buy the right brand of olive oil, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would include a lot of modern day issues uh, and themes in the show. Mm. That way to gain, to gain like the younger audience, to gain the new, because whether we like it or not, people mm. our age, we're not really in control anymore. Mm. If you look at everyone's, all the, the streaming service and everything, mm. it's all, you know, kids in their late teens, early 20s that they pretty much run the internet. And you have to cater to them, whether we like it or not, if you want to stay relevant. Mm. What about you? What would you think? No, I, was, I was thinking, like, my little brother, he's 14. Um, he tries to get keep me relevant or whatever. And he'll be saying, so I had a panel show with Big Zoo. And he was like, oh, oh, my God, oh, my God, because he's a Big Zoo fan. Who isn't, though, to be fair? Who uh, is not a Big Zoo? Big Zoo is such a sweetheart. He's so lovely. And he was like, why are you on the show? What, why would? Why does he want to be <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, do you even know who Big Zoo is? I was like, well, I do now. <laughs> but, like, it, it blow. it's like, it's such a, like you said, it's just such a different generation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when I see, um, like, Hamza watching all these, like, YouTube people, I just don't get it and, I, and he gets really annoyed he was like that's why you're not successful that's why you're not successful <laughs> and he was like you don't get it you don't get it and i was like i don't understand the concept of two people sitting slapping and the other, other one slapping the other one because he's got something what? that is so basic incorrect i was like you, so what? you'll celebrate some somebody's ignorant like i don't get it like i was like i really don't understand like i wait, really don't that's understand. A co- wait hold on a sec pause for a second there's a YouTube channel which is based around some just slapping each other. No, no, no. So basically, they are they ask each other questions. If I'm not mistaken, like common sense questions. Common okay. sense questions, like what, what's the capital of France? I, I'm not even joking. <laughs> and then if the other person gets it wrong, he the other one has to slap him round the head. <laughs> and they find that funny. And like 14 year olds find that to be the f- funniest the, thing in the world. 
pretty funny. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the thing is, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything. But... <laughs> no, <laughs> and the thing is, if it's like a five-minute video, I get it. Yeah. It's like 54 minutes and what? 37 seconds no. long, and it's like, wow. how do you sit here for so long and watch this? And then all the TikToks. Okay, I love TikTok. I'm I love, I love being, I love scrolling through TikTok. Mm. I tried to upload things to TikTok and it did not work out. <laughs> Cause I just I just can't keep up with like all the latest things. You know what I mean? Like, what do they do now? They sheesh and what? Oh my god, that's what I came from. Yeah, it's a thing. Oh. It's a thing now. What sheesh? Okay. Huh. All right, we've just been giving the we've just been giving the sign to wrap it up. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so uh, wrap it up. Thank you guys for coming on, both of you. Oh, um, thank you for having us. All right, so. Where can people find you, um, respectively? I'll let you both decide who's going to go first to uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Real Rami Dawood. Okay. R-A-M-E-Y-D-A-W-O-U-D. Okay. And I'm sure you probably put it in the video somewhere. Yes, uh, we will. Yeah. All right. Hola. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter. I don't really use it because I don't know how to. Um, <laughs> mostly Instagram. You can find me on the Ola Labib. All right. Thank you so much.